Well, hey, welcome to the Beyond Sundays podcast. I am your host, Brett Stewart, and today my co-host is Jeffrey Turner. Hey, everybody. How's it going? Uh, We have a great podcast today. Uh, We got to sit down with Kristen West. She's someone that is part of our church body, part of our young adults ministry, and really just a crazy life. We honestly could have probably sat down we with could her have for talked hours, to Kristen for a long time hours about her life um, her work in the mission field and now what God is doing through her yeah I'm excited this is the first like one of these we had obviously we released our intro episode but this is the first like real belt beyond Sundays that we're doing so I'm yeah. excited about it and Kristen was a great first Kristen, guest to have on awesome. her story is incredible and like taking what she's learned all over the world in the mission field and applying that in, you know, Podunk, Abilene, Texas is always, it's just cool. It's exciting. It was a fun conversation. I love how anytime you reference Abilene, you always have to say Podunk. Dude, I drove past our North Campus this morning and saw just a whole herd of cows that were being watered <laughs> by the sprinklers that were watering the field. And this is just, that is, I love it. It's our city, but that's funny. But that's not everywhere in our city. Dude, it just happens to be where you drive. In the last year, have you seen a horse on 8384? Yes, I have. Okay, there you go. The point that is exactly what I was trying to say. <laughs> anyway, we are Podunk and I love it. Okay. Well, yeah, Kristen's story is incredible. And even just uh, you'll hear it towards the end about just how the Lord is is revealing his presence to her, what he's called her to, and what her worship, what her sacrifice looks like to him no matter where she's at, what role she's in. So uh, definitely a powerful one that we have for you today. We're excited for you to hear it. So I think we'll just jump into our conversation with Kristen. Okay, so today we have Kristen West with us. Uh, Kristen, tell us a little bit about who Wait, you are. Wait, before we jump into who Kristen is. Oh no, what is Jeff going to do? Kristen is... The person you want in the room if you're ever preaching. If you're ever preaching or <laughs> leading worship. Absolute best. If you're even leading a prayer on stage or you have to read scripture, literally. One time I was I had gotten into like a pretty insecure place in my preaching and I asked Kristen to come to a service so that she could respond while I was preaching because it made me so excited to be <laughs> preaching. So that's just now now Kristen tells who you are. But that is the background. I, I agree with that. For all I'm, that. I'm a little mad that she's at our other campus from where I <laughs> from am. From where you usually. usually are. But I know if and when she's at South. I yeah. can hear her. You always know. You can hear me yes. anywhere. Okay, so tell us I am. who you are. Um, what have you done? What are you doing now? And that's going to kind of weave into uh, the podcast today. Why don't we have you here? Okay. So my name's Kristen West. I'm originally from the San Antonio area. I grew up in New Braunfels, Texas, which is probably why I talk back more to the preacher because I grew up in a in a real diverse church Love down it. there. Seriously, yes. if you don't do the talk back, you should yeah, start doing it. So Kristen's I, gonna give classes Sundays. Yeah, honestly, a master no class. <laughs> master class <laughs> on responding to the preacher. To the preacher. Yeah. So um I um became a believer when I was really young. I got saved when I was five and then rededicated my life to the Lord when I was uh, 12 years old. And I just, I knew at that point that it was all in or all out. Mm. And so you I knew that at 12. Yeah. That's I had, at 12, Brett and I, I did yeah, not know that. I was about to say, we knew I, don't different even, things. I don't want to even recount what I knew or what I was doing at 12. Yeah. Somehow I got a book about martyrdom at 12. 
And I know that that sounds really intense. Like I'm aware that it's, it's a very, very intense, intense yes. story, but it was like one of those Jesus freak books. Like Fox's Book of Martyrs, the, mm-hmm. but the Jesus freak version of it. I actually yeah. had that book. Yeah. yeah. Brown so, cover. Yep. Yep. And I, and it had like the torn yep. ripped pages on the side and I read that and I was like, I can do, I would want to do that. Wow. Like I would want to give my life for the Lord. And so I just went for it. And I went on my first missions trip when I was in seventh grade and then again in eighth grade. And on my eighth grade missions trip, I felt like the Lord told me I was going to be a missionary. And so everything that I did from that point was mm-hmm. geared towards equipping myself to be a missionary. And so I like took Spanish classes really seriously in high mm-hmm. school so that I could speak Spanish and not have to use a translator if I moved to Mexico to be a missionary. Like yeah. those kind of thoughts were what I grew what up your parents, thinking. I mean, what did your family think about as like a seventh grader is to eighth grader, I guess, is telling them, I want to be a missionary. Yeah, I'm gonna go on, yeah, on the and mission I'm reading field. a book about martyrdom. I don't think that my mom realized the extent of what she was giving me in my reading uh, when I asked for the book oh, on so martyrdom. She gave it to you. She uh, knew. I mean, she knew. I mean, I didn't have money. I was 12. So she <laughs> bought it. I mean, she bought that one in a missionary book. Wow. And, um, and my, That's cool, though. Yeah. So my dad grew up in a, a believing family, and uh, my great or my grandma on that side had wanted to do missions at one point. And, so, and then my mom is a believer and loves the Lord. And so I think that they... I don't think they had a grid for what missions really <laughs> yeah, looked yeah. like. And and I don't think I had a grid for what that looked like either, but I knew that I was going to do whatever the Lord asked. And so um, they were very, very accepting of it and very supportive. I remember when, because my whole like plan was to go to YWAM for six months. and What's then YWAM for those who don't YWAM know? YWAM is youth with a mission. And after they, graduating high school? After graduating high school, I was going to go do a DTS with them, which is at their discipleship training school. Mm. And then I would go back and go to some Christian college. And obviously I'd like meet my husband there and then get married. And then that was like my plan was I would be a youth pastor's wife and we'd do missions trips on the summer. Like that was my life goal. <laughs> <laughs> like middle schooler. And then my sophomore year of high school, I felt like the Lord told me if I went to college, it was a safety net. And he wow. said, do you need a safety net with me? Wow. And I cried. I said, no, I don't. But my parents were really big advocates for college. Um, and so I was terrified to tell them that I didn't want to go to college, that I wanted to go straight on the mission field. Mm. And I sat down and I was like sobbing while I was trying to tell them what I mm-hmm. needed to tell them. They probably thought I was pregnant or something. Yeah. Like, honestly, yeah. they probably is, were Their like, minds are going a way oh, different place. I, know, than all I feel over. like God's telling me like, to go I into just, the mission field. I just need to talk to you. And they're like, okay. And I was like, I want to, I want to go just straight on the mission field. I think the Lord told me not to go to college. And they were like, well, we believe you hear the Lord and we bless you in that. And wow. they prayed for me and they were like, okay, so what do we need to equip you to do to be a missionary? And so- like oh as gosh. a parent now, that feels terrifying. Like praying those prayers that you want your kids, when we put the girls to bed every night, we pray that they would go and change the world. And I fully know that like the, that prayer terrifies me. And so for yeah. that to be you in middle yeah. school or in high school and telling your parents, like, I really want to do this, and them, their response not being fear, like I, I'm sure they felt it. Like yeah. I don't know if y'all have talked about it ever since yeah. then, but... They had to be terrified at the thought of sending you into the mission field. Yeah. It just would be a yeah. that response is so 
Jeffrey, how old is your what you want? How old's your oldest? Ten. Ten. So yeah. like about 10, to be middle school. Yeah, about to hit middle school. And, and so it'd be like her in a year or two. Yeah. Starting to say to she wants that? to be a missionary and man. I also think maybe we should have your parents here to talk to them because yeah. like my gosh. You just yeah. call them, put them on speaker for now. No, that <laughs> wouldn't be great. That would be an interesting conversation to hear from their perspective. Yeah. So I so will say you... I change up how I tell my parents things now because <laughs> I think my mom realizes the the severity of yeah. what I mean. So I have to I have to prep her a little bit more. Yeah. If yeah. I, Give a little lead time. Yeah. Yeah. Because she normally just cries. She's so, very excited about it if I decide to go back on the mission field or something, but she definitely So you graduated <laughs> high school? Mm-hmm. Straight into the mission field? Yes. So I Ended up going the route of Iris Global, um, which is an organization based out of Mozambique, Africa, that Heidi Baker and Roland Baker started. And I had a mentor when I was in high school give me Heidi's Compelled by Love book mm. for my 16th birthday. It's a, good book. it's a great book. I highly suggest reading it. Uh, it's going to wreck you <laughs> in the best way, yeah. but it's it's really great. And I looked up one day if she had a training school because I really felt like the Lord said YWAM wasn't the route for me to go. And so I ended up going to Pimba, Mozambique uh, at 18 for three months to do their training school. Mm -hmm. And then from there, I, I had every desire to go straight on the mission field and had all these big dreams, but the Lord is a lot wiser than I am. And he uh, had me work at the um, San Antonio airport with Alaska Airlines for two years before I was released to go full-time on the mission field. Wow. So then in uh, when I was 21, I went full-time on the mission field to Mozambique. You are how old now? I know it's not a question you ask a no, woman, okay. but <laughs> I'm I guess 26 I just did. now. There you go. Okay. So you went at 21, mm -hmm. yep. and then you went pretty full-time for... Yeah, how many years were Four you years? on the field? And, and what was, I guess, the longest stint that you were in? Mm -hmm. So I did a year and a half in Dondo, Mozambique. And then uh, from there, the Lord asked me to move to Abilene, Texas, to do disaster relief ministry or disaster relief missions with Iris Global mm. here in wow. Abilene. And so I did that for a little over a year and a half as well. So three years full-time missions. Yeah. So you and I have had a lot of discussions about missions and like yes. the, the f philosophy of missions in general. Because you're coming off the field and you feel like God had told you to be a missionary mm -hmm. and you're coming to Abilene and you're looking at the three religious universities <laughs> and everyone with a, a sticker of a church on their car, still feeling like you're called to the mission field, but knowing that for a season this mission field is here. And like, explain a little bit about that mindset and how you had to shift it, but how it's the same and different all at the same time. Yeah. So... The like slogan, I don't know if that's what you would call it, of Iris Global is that love looks like something and then to stop for the one. And so I think because that was kind of drilled into us mm -hmm. in the schooling and, and when I was on the field, I think that for me, missions isn't so much the programming of it all, but it's just living more missionally where yeah, you're good. constantly looking for who you can serve and who you can love, whether it's the waitress at the restaurant that you're at, or if it's, you know, the person in front of you in the grocery store line, like whatever it looks like, your neighbor, 
love looks like something tangible. And so I think for me, I had to really shift my perspective because I did get a lot of identity from the program and from the title of missionary and from doing it overseas and, and having all of those stories. Yeah, because you've rushed into the darkest of dark of times. I mean, you've been yeah. into places that have just experienced huge loss and that are under intense persecution. And yeah, and then, I mean, it, that... that shift would be it would feel drastic i think at at a level coming from that yeah. being your yeah. everyday to then here being your everyday yeah i th- uh, jeffrey and i have talked about it a lot because i had a really hard time coming off the mission field because it felt very mundane and like pointless mm-hmm. to be here and to do the things that i've been doing even though i know that's not true and i know that that's a lie but it just feels that way and so i think that um Yeah, even like, I mean, it's still a process. It's still something that I have to tell myself that the right now is just as important as whatever it looks like to be, quote unquote, like a missionary and like to go back on the mission field. And I think that, um, like, if I'm honest, I think that I had made that an idol in my life. And so the Lord is even still like, even yesterday, I had a time with the Lord where he was like, no, like I've called you to Abilene and it's good. And yeah. your only calling in life is to love me mm. and that you can love me just as well in Abilene as you can in Mozambique. Wow. Wow. And so I think that shift is a continuous shift in my heart and just keeping my eyes on Jesus. Yeah. So you came to Abilene mm-hmm. and you said you worked with the Iris branch, I guess that was mm-hmm. here. Yes. Um, so you were here, but then you would leave for like disaster relief. Tell yes. us a little bit about that and then we'll kind of transition to... Um, where you are today. Sure. So I was a missionary in Abilene, which when I would tell people that, they're like, Abilene for sure doesn't need a missionary. I was like, yeah, you're right. Abilene doesn't need missionaries. Even but though if you do the do. math, <laughs> if you do the math, we have about maybe 20,000 people in our region that go to church consistently at all, which would be like twice a month. We yeah. have like 150,000 people in the big country. Yeah. So we have like over 100,000 people in our city oh, who yeah. do not, are not active in the church, are not, they would profess to be followers of Jesus, but there would be no fruit of that. So yeah. Abilene, yeah. Abilene could actually use more yeah. missionaries. Even though it Definitely. is in the Bible Belt, it, yeah. it could mm-hmm. and does need uh, yeah. missionaries. I mean, I've done, I've done like gospel outreaches in, in Abilene and people had never heard of Jesus, yeah. Yeah. like in Abilene. Yeah. But when I wasn't in Abilene, I would go do disaster relief. We would deploy to different disasters. So I think in 2019, I deployed to like seven disasters, which was a little rough. When you say disasters, like? Like cyclones. Um, I deployed to Mozambique three times because they had two category four, category five cyclones hit. And then I deployed to the Bahamas uh, after Hurricane Dorian hit there. So mostly uh, like hurricane cyclone stuff, yeah. but then we also did some things in Guatemala after the volcano eruption mm-hmm. and that sort of thing. Man, so that went on for three years. You I said? did that one for a year and a half. Okay, that was for a year mm-hmm. and a half. So, you know, you're here, you're going, you're here, you're going. Uh, that could be its own podcast in and of itself. But then, yeah. at some point, you you felt the Lord calling you kind of out of that like what how was that prompted how did the lord speak what was that transition like and how did you have to exhibit faith and trust in god 
pulling you, what maybe seemed like off the mission field, you know, overseas at least entirely? Yeah. Um, Well, if I'm really honest, I burned out pretty hard. Mm -hmm. I don't think that I understood what self-care should look like in a disaster zone. I don't know if anyone really knows what self-care should look like when you're in that many disasters. But um, I felt like the Lord, I think that in my life, whenever it's time to transition, I feel the grace lift pretty, pretty fast Mm. and it's time to transition. And so um, that happened when I knew I needed to leave the airport job and, and it happened with the disaster relief. I just felt this shift that I just wanted to be in Abilene. Like I would cry. Which is a, <laughs> she would cry. I was about to say that, that thought would cause many to cry. Mm-hmm. That I, yeah. I yeah. feel called to Abilene, although I love Abilene yeah. and I bless our city. When I was in Don, when I was in Pimba, Mozambique the first time, um, someone from Abilene came and spoke and someone was like, Kristen, you could work with Iris in Texas. And I said, I will never move to Abilene, Texas. Ooh. <laughs> Famous last Famous words. Last yeah. words. Never, yeah. never tell I God that you was won't a safe do one, something. But it wasn't. <laughs> but I, I realized at near the end of my time as a missionary with the disaster relief, which it was a great organization. Like the leadership was phenomenal. I just knew that I wanted to plant roots, and I couldn't mm. plant roots with uh, leaving for a month at a time every other month. Yeah. And it just it. I would like cry when I would have to go on these deployments because I wanted to stay and do stuff with my life group. And I wanted to stay and volunteer at the pregnancy center and do all these things. And, and so, um, in I think October, the Lord started kind of moving me towards, um, stepping out of missions. And I talked to several different people. I talked to Jeffrey about it. I talked to a lot of my spiritual, um, like parents and mentors because I didn't want to make the decision out of, um, out of burnout or out of haste. I wanted to really listen to what the Lord was saying. And so I, yeah, I made that transition out. And so now I work at pregnancy resources as the education coordinator and I work at front porch coffee as a supervisor and I do weddings with Kendra Duke. (laughs) There you awesome. go. So, so if you yeah. were going to, as we kind of wrap up, if you were going to give just a piece of advice, sounds weird, but something that you've taken from this life as like an active full-time missionary, that mm-hmm. being your essential profession, to then taking something from that and walking it out in your day-in, day-out life where you're not a professional missionary, for lack of a better term. Yeah. What, what would, I mean, do you have something that you feel like you've grabbed hold of from that, that then you walk in now or you try to grab hold of use now or. I think that's such a big question. Yeah. Um, (laughs) That's how we like to end these. Yeah. Well, one, I think that it is that love looks like something. I think that from a standpoint of how practically you can live your life and practically what I've done is like to just try to love people in a very tangible way. But I think in a bigger sense, I think what I've really taken from my time as a missionary is, I'm going to cry, is just how worthy Jesus is. Mm-hmm. And I was reading in, um, I think it's Mark 14 about the woman with the alabaster box. 
And it says how she broke it on Jesus because he was worthy of it and how it was very costly to her. And so I think what I've taken from my time as a missionary is I've seen people break their alabaster box for the Lord and no one ever regretted doing it. Mm. And it looked different for everyone because it was, you know, whatever is costly to them, but how we will wish that we, we did it more, I think once we see Jesus face to face. And so I think that for me living on the mission field and then coming back to America and planting roots here in Abilene, it's that every day he's worthy of us giving him all we have in whatever manner that looks like. Yeah. That's awesome. That's That's a good way to end. (laughs) It is. I'm just going to sit on that. Yeah. Think about love looks like something. Mm. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, thank you, That's Kristen. So You're such a blessing. You're blessing thank our church. You. Thank you for sharing your story. And yeah. I know we could hear stories from life on the mission field, but I think, honestly, it's as amazing as what God is doing all over the world. And I'm so glad we get to be a part of uh, what God is doing in, in our entire world. I love that thought of even being living on mission here. Yeah. And that's, yeah. our, that's what the vast majority of all of us are going to be called to is what does it look like to live on mission in yeah. the, in the here. And yeah. I, I've watched you do it. It's an encouragement oh, to me. And, uh, and so thanks. Thanks yeah. for the way you live your life. And thanks for being on the podcast. I was going to say, that's a, that's a lens that it's been fun to like observe you with people interacting with people, because I know like every conversation, every interaction you have is through a lens of, of what we would call, you know, mission or mission field. It's an opportunity to love someone, to serve someone, yeah. and to tell of how Je- how worthy Jesus is. So uh, thanks so much for your faith and how you walked that out. And like Jeff said, we're so blessed to have you mm-hmm. as part of our body. And and uh, Thank thanks you. for sharing a little bit of your story. I know we could have gone a whole lot longer, <laughs> but um, we believe the Lord is is moving in that, and it's going to speak to many people. I mean, it's it's speaking to me right now. Yeah. Even just where with I am today, and and what I'm trying to figure out. Um, that's good stuff. So thank mm. you so much. Awesome. Thank you. Thank Thanks you, for having me. We want to thank you again for listening today. Uh, thank you so much. Remember, hit that subscribe button so that you can follow and be notified of each podcast that we release each week. And we want to remind you, if you're listening on the main Beltway feed, click over into, we're going to have notes on this podcast, and we want you to subscribe to the Beyond Sundays podcast. Uh, so we will move it over completely to that, away from the main Beltway feed uh, after the first two or three episodes. So do that. Subscribe to us. Thank you so much. If there's anything you need, reach out to us. We are here for you. We love helping each other take our next steps in our walk with Jesus. And one of the ways we do this is through story, through hearing of the God who did, still does. He's moving in power, and we want to experience that together. So hope you have a great rest of the week, and we'll see you next time.